Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me as always is Parker and Alex. And we watched Twerk. Twerk. A movie about motorcycles. And uh, hey, join us just, for next week's episode. <laughs> let's just bury the lead. Um, so Alex and I both just assumed we did this like three years ago. And we were very shocked to find out that we didn't. So yeah. this was your idea. So putting the ball in your court. What was your expression like when you're like, oh, we should do this movie. And then Dane Cook showed up. It just started riffing for like five straight minutes. <laughs> I remember him. Uh, I, like, I was having, like, a decent time, like, oh, I can see why Parker laughed hysterically throughout this movie. And then he showed up, like, now I really know why Parker <laughs> yeah. was laughing during this movie. <laughs> it's a real-time capsule, let me yeah. fucking tell you. Alright, so, uh, just, uh, just straw poll here. How many, how many movies have we had with a better end credit song than this? Zero. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> We've had a lot of really good end credits. I know, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> but the thing that sets it apart is that it does the nickelback drop and then it cuts to black and then a different song plays. <laughs> so they literally just use those like three lines of nickelback and then like okay, but on to the real credit song. Yeah. Which makes it even better. I, well, I think I turned it off before the real credit song. Was they they use like a Trevor Rabin score for it? I am so excited to talk about this movie's soundtrack. Why is my dog freaking out? Jesus I heard Christ. that, yeah. Well, Alright, put him on the episode. Someone must have had the nerve to walk outside of our apartment. Put on your dry record. jacket and go get him. <laughs> or don't record at two thirty in the morning. Sometimes you'll hear people yeah, outside. Yeah, that's the weird stuff. Alright. Uh so Parker, before we get into that, do we have any news in the world of film? Oh, buddy. Big fan of film and film culture. Yes. Within two hours, these two headlines appeared on my feed from the same website. Kate McKinnon joining Margot Robbie's Barbie movie, followed by John Cena to star in Coyote vs. Acme for Warner Brothers. And I just can't help but think, like, maybe movies are a mistake, you guys. Maybe we should pivot to something else. It, it, it's so funny, because uh, I was I was going to be very excited to talk about the, the false lore about the Jeremy Strong Stuart Little movie that uh, <laughs> we what were is, all tricked with this week. What is the false lore of the Stuart Little movie? So, so it doesn't exist, but there was a, like, the, was it film updates for discussing film, or one of the film Twitter accounts tweeted something about how they announced that Jeremy Strong was going to play Stuart Little in a movie, or something to that extent, and yeah. uh, it was debunked, thankfully. But, uh, you know, hearing that Wiley e. Coyote thing again, like, you know, I, I, maybe I want to watch Jeremy Strong's Stuart Little. <laughs> yeah, that turns so, out. So, like, here's the thing about the Wiley e. Coyote movie. I'm pretty sure that premise was its own episode of Looney Tunes, right? I think it was. That feels like a Newgrounds video I watched 15 years ago. It also ago. does feel like a Newgrounds video, but I'm pretty sure it was, like, one of the, like, the later, like, one of those, like, 1980s Looney Tunes when Mel Blanc was, like, almost dead or something. 
and I, I don't know, it just, for some reason it sounds familiar. I don't know if it's like a Deja Vu or Mandela Effect or something, I have no idea. But uh, ordinarily I'd be like, well, it, at least it's kind of creative, I don't self-referential. But then I thought, it was like, oh yeah, Warner Brothers still has a license, so there's no, no. way I'm going to watch this fucking thing. <laughs> no, Chris, you're mixing it up with the time that the Roadrunner shot Nicole Brown Simpson. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, of you all know? people to be in it, you know, we really need John Cena for his comedic timing. <laughs> I didn't know where that sentence was going to go. But I definitely didn't anticipate Now I'm thinking about... <laughs> Unfortunately, like, you say that, it's like, haha, it's funny she's dead. But, like, all I can think about is, like, the murder of Nicole Brown <laughs> Simpson. Joke, Not yeah. the actual thing, but the movie. The movie, which is just fucking god-awful. I thought it was rather tasteless when OJ held up a sign that was a screw next to a picture of a baseball. <laughs> the decapitator. <laughs> uh, Your Honor, that was actually the single screw that was holding the deck together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kato... Kato Kalen just like looking at the judge and he just has a giant lollipop appearing above his head. <laughs> Chris, how does your dad feel about his institute? <laughs> uh, <laughs> for all our listeners out there, <laughs> enjoy these jokes on the podcast. Oh, I'm just doing the figure guns on my screen right now. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Do a fucking bat flip and take a lap around your room, dude. <laughs> Alright, uh, Parker, any other news? <laughs> In case you're wondering, like, hey, are we out of ideas? Futurama's coming back. Again. Because uh, uh, it worked so well the first time. What we no need to do is, is bring it back again, but also not have one of the main characters. Uh, good call on uh, just not paying the fucking Bender enough money to show up. I'm sure that recast will be great. Because oh, so I watched like thing. three of the Comedy Central episodes. They were fucking terrible. It was so not here's good. A, here's the thing about it. I want to also correct some false alert that's been out there. A lot of people have been reporting that he wants more money. That's only half the story. He says everyone in the cast deserves more money. And I think maybe it's like one of those like Simpsons sort of things. Like you look at the cast of the Simpsons. I mean, they make a lot of money because you can't really replace those people. And uh, I guess conceivably it's the same thing with Futurama. I'm not exactly like a huge Futurama guy. I've seen like maybe two episodes ever. But, like, those seem You're like good. really distinct voices. Like, you need those people. You need Billy West and uh, Kay Seagal, and you need whoever plays Bender, whose name I don't even care about. I almost said John Benjamin, and then I just panicked at the spot. You know what? You, you could have said that, and I would have been like, oh, right, right, of course I knew that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Futurama. Wow, that sounds like A show which I loved when it aired. Did not enjoy any of those four movies. Did not enjoy the Comedy Central run, and now we're just gonna do it again because yeah, brands, baby. Yeah, uh, you guys I, know the, that thing that you remember from before. The Super Bowl not enough for you, buddy. Oh, <laughs> oh, buddy, you didn't get to talk last week about your oh, favorite yeah. commercials and just feeling your own mortality. <laughs> crypto commercial after crypto commercial, bringing up all of your favorites from your childhood. Motherfucker, I would have bought Bitcoin if I didn't have to see that Dr. Evil spot. Oh, uh, yeah, like that, that one. It was so was long. Tough. Yeah, it kept fucking going, dude. Oh. That, that one hurt me specifically in a way that Jesus. I wasn't able to quantify. That fucking. Because, like, I'm. I'm sitting there watching that ad, and I'm just like, oh, this is what they were talking about, and they said they were going to do an Austin Powers 4. And it, and then I thought about it. I was like, oh, fuck, this is probably what they meant when they said they were going to do an Austin Powers 4. And now I'm just sad. 
I don't know when that trend started of, we'll bring back someone to like play their iconic character for a Super Bowl commercial. I don't know when that started, but it brings me so much anguish in my life. Look, so I fucking hate it, but also give me the Twilight Super Bowl ad. Okay, Please. I'll say that. Look, and also the thing that we all thought, you're like, wow, they brought back everyone. Where's Minnie Me? Oh, man. Right, yeah. That was a real bummer in the middle of my Super Bowl experience. Memory our dear. Oh, yeah, Vroom Troyer dead. <laughs> Rest in Pepperoni King. It's like yeah. a kickstand. It's <laughs> a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I guess we could move on to our jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Uh, I'd like to let you. I'd out. like to let you guys go first for uh, jerks of the week because I've uh, one of mine ties into what I watched. Oh boy, Alex, you would take it or do you want me? You go. I just totally forgot what mine was. So uh, as per usual, mine is myself for cultivating a personality and identity where. A room full of people would be celebrating a birthday party but while I'm at work, and they're all hanging out, talking, doing things, having movies on in the background, and then when I get there, they're like, oh, finally, we were waiting on you to start that new Texas Chainsaw movie. <laughs> on one hand, it is a very sweet gesture by people who care about me, and I very much appreciate it, but also the fact that, like, no, 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 we can't start it until this dumb fucking moron gets here is a very cool <laughs> indictment of myself. I appreciate the gesture, but also, I need to step back and reassess the vibe I'm getting out to people. It's not great. Not oh a great my look. Goodness. Did you have fun with the movie? Oh, we oh, will good. get to yeah. it. Yo, we will. Oh, oh yes. you buddy. Oh, <laughs> Holy There are some moly. things to say. I am excited. Because right. I, uh, I had forgotten it came out until oh, yeah. today. Same. I immediately played catch-up house more pizza than my body could handle and it's what a picture cool. oh yeah uh alex do you uh, remember my jerk of the week is uh the olympic figure skating judges for not rewarding the cheater <laughs> <laughs> if you tell me somebody cheated and got away with it gold medal right there mm -hmm. like I, you don't have to you don't have to perform doesn't matter just it's fucked up like like Especially reward cheating China. cheating is good yeah, cheating is good. If you ain't cheating, cheating, you ain't trying. We were all talking about exactly. yeah, I've never really been a fan of cheating. I just think it's immoral, and I would never support someone who does that. So, Chris, for scoreboard. my jerk of the week... Uh, <laughs> Mark Brunel watching the Olympics, <laughs> slamming his fists on the desk and crying. Well, actually, it's all, it's about sportsmanship. You know? All right. Uh, <laughs> Me and Joe Burrow know what it's like who to cried more? Win. Him or that guy when he fumbled? All right, uh, so... David Wilson. Thank you. I didn't think about Bam. it. Or Bam, yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll get there. Oh, good. Uh, my jerk of the week uh, is... I'm not sure, because I'm doing my jerk of the week on behalf of someone. My jerk of the week is on behalf of Tommy Lee Jones, friend of the show, uh, who, by the way, uh, pop quiz, you guys know where Tommy Lee Jones went to college? Don't say it. No, he did not go to college at the Ram Ranch. I'm, I'm, he, I'm, uh, I'm trying. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones went to uh, college at Harvard, and he he. Oh, that's not no. Shippensburg. Okay. And uh, he actually played on Harvard's football team. He uh, he played guard, and uh, I know this because I watched a documentary guard. called Harvard Beats Yale Twenty Nine to Twenty Nine. Now, one of the cool things about sports, one of the reasons I think we all like and follow sports is because there's some really cool stories. And sometimes you get to live through these stories, like that Philadelphia fan eating shit. It's 
one of those classic stories. It came out exactly. in uh, what, what was the game played? It was between the Harvard football team and the Yale football team, like in uh, 1968. So this is one of the worst produced documentaries I've ever seen in my life. Like you look at this, you're like, oh, this could be like maybe it's like a 30 for 30 sort of thing. No, no, no. It's like a 30 for 30 if no one got paid for this. Wait, is it's it not, not? It's not a 30 for 30. Like no, this is just oh. some guy. But I wanted to hear Bill Simmons it's talk just, about You get Harvard. to see game footage, and you get to see a guy with a camera reviewing a bunch of old people going, There was a war on! There was a, there was a war in the <laughs> Vietnam! I didn't go because I was going to Yale at the time, you see. And it was the Vietnam! It was just like, oh. And then oh, they catch a bunch of like footage of like a fullback going out to the right and like picking up four yards. They're like, yeah, football is different back then. <laughs> Yeah, if only we've been able to use that fullback against the. So Viet here's Kong. so here's the thing, <laughs> opening yeah. up lanes. In the fucking- <laughs> so here's the thing is like one of the things like about the old days is you always get a little bit surprised like based on the way that we hear people talk about the old days. Now you get a little bit surprised. You go back there, you're like, well, they weren't quite as bigoted as we you know make them out to be. You know, there's a couple of black people over there, but then you look at this. It's 1968, and women weren't allowed to go to Yale. And you're like, what the fuck? That's not even the most backwards thing about it. Here's the most backwards thing about it. Parker, try to contain yourself here. If you wanted to get a bite to eat at a restaurant or like the school cafeteria at Yale, you had to wear a coat and tie. How am I going to buy my Deuces I would have fucking starved. <laughs> We're Imagine playing Halo in a suit and tie. <laughs> Double XP. <laughs> if you saw a man in a Good aro chap, I require dress. this Baja Blast. <laughs> Going down to buy a fucking 12 Dude, seriously, that's the, that's, that's, that's the way it was. your fucking black card. That's the way it was, apparently. Yo. So, um... <laughs> so, yeah. Prohibition yeah. era. Just like underground illegal bootlegging of double XP <laughs> game <field. laughs> The weird thing is, uh, he bootlegged all those Doritos, but they got him for tax evasion. <laughs> all right, okay. So, set the scene for you. It's 1968. There's a war on. And uh, a bunch of guys are going to college at Harvard and Yale. They have football teams. Now, Ivy League schools are not exactly well known for having powerhouse football teams, but at this point, Yale was really good. Both teams were actually undefeated, but Yale was ranked a lot higher. Yale was, I believe, in the top 25. I think they were like 18th in the nation. That's really good for Yale. I don't know if they've ever, ever been higher than that. Um, anyway, uh, they're, they're talking about there are famous people going to both schools. Obviously, Tommy Lee Jones played guard for Harvard. Uh, Gary Trudeau was a cartoonist. He went to Yale. He was the guy who drew Doonesbury. We're off making it. What was he for Halloween, dude? What you guys could possibly <laughs> could possibly be thinking? I'm going to move on to an unrelated subject. There is only one black guy between both teams. <laughs> uh, you don't get, say. Get, so, uh, <laughs> um, but for one day a year, there was two, right? <laughs> See, that's the weirdest thing about it is like, well, I say actually, when I say weirdest thing, I mean like the most normal thing in the world. And I still haven't got to the jerk of the week yet. Uh, is uh, this this black guy is this black guy is one of the few guys who wasn't interviewed, <laughs> and he sets like a record for most touchdowns for Yale. Uh, and he's like, he's really really good, but he's not quite as good as the quarterback for Yale, whose name escapes me, but I remember his nickname. He was so good that his nickname on the team was God. Uh, and, 
<laughs> if you watch him play, you're just like, what? You know, that's, he's pretty good for a 1968 uh, like Ivy League quarterback. That's that's almost as good as Battleship Lorenzen. Nothing's quite as good as the Pillsbury Throw Boy. So. <laughs> My God, he's he mastered the me. forward pass. <laughs> No, no, no. My God. <laughs> you, you think that God was the Sean McVay of the 60s? Oh, he was. He's mastered the art of throw it to the one black guy <laughs> that, on the team. My much, God. Yeah. Uh, like, you watch a play, you're like, yeah, dude, he was God out there. And you watch a play, it's just like, he's never going to make the NFL. None of these people ever make the NFL. Um, so, uh, most of these people, they don't really sound like Ivy League guys. Like, I, I guess there's a stereotype of, of Ivy League guys who are just like, you know, a, a, again, like coat and tie. Like, oh, I went to Ivy, we're at a 4.0 grade point average, that sort of thing. These guys just sound like football players. They're just like, oh my goodness, if he hadn't blocked that way on the screen pass, I would have had daylight. And you're like, alright, so, you know, football players are the same everywhere they go. A bunch of rockheads. It's, it's fun, you know, it's good. And the game is actually really interesting. So, the, the title goes, Harvard beats Yale 29-29. to 29. Where does that title come from? Let me guess, they uh, hand no, off a lot. beats Yale 29-29. to 29. How can you beat a team 29-29? It's, that's a tie, right? Make no, them forfeit. not quite. <laughs> Grab their coach by the ball. <laughs> no, they were, they, were, they, no they, they steal his tie and coats. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, but we have your mascot. Either forfeit or we're going Bobby to kill him. <laughs> and their mascot's just a guy in a cardigan. <laughs> We've taken your sport coat now. You can't yeah. buy Gatorade to dump on your coach. You forfeit, coward. So, no, well, here's the thing. The documentary never explains where the title comes from. I had to look it up. Apparently... Uh, it was it was considered such a huge upset, one undefeated team beating another undefeated team, that the Harvard Crimson, which is the, I guess the newspaper and also the name of the football team, yeah, uh, wrote in their for their headline Harvard beats Yale twenty nine to twenty nine, which is uh, yeah greatest tie against yeah, the, the British, British bunker hill. <laughs> So I still haven't explained uh, where the uh, jerk of the week comes in. I'll get there in like one second. One brief thing is uh, the game actually is kind of exciting towards the end because you look at it and you think to yourself, there's no fucking way Harvard could come back here. And they manage it somehow. And it's actually, I kind of feel like I should have just watched the game. It would have been a little bit more exciting. That would have been like incredible to post about in Discord. Uh, but let's get on to the jerk of the week again on behalf of Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, I've heard stories that he's a tough guy to work with, and on behalf of TLJ, who I've been talking with, uh, I don't know who his jerk of the week is going to be. It's either going to be Jim Carrey for Batman Forever, or it's going to be the entire face of humanity, because the way that he feels and talks about his teammates and everyone in the world during this documentary, it kind of feels like he just doesn't like anyone, period. Least of all the guy who's interviewing him. Uh, he asked him, so, uh... Who is your roommate at Harvard? Even though one of like those leading questions, he already knows the answer to it. So to get your time with, who's your roommate at Harvard? Al Gore. Oh, Al Gore, huh? Uh, what was he like? He ended up being vice president. Guys, explore each other's he's, bodies. He's like, no, no. What was Al Gore like as a roommate? Funny. And the guy literally has to do like the funny how thing, and he's like. <sighs> You know, uh, touch-tone phones, well, you know, back then they were kind of a new thing. They had the, you know, rotary phones, you had the dial thing. Then they got the touch-tone phones, and Al was, uh, fascinated by these phones, and, uh... 
and he just stares at him and then it goes there they have to cut to like the next clip of the game and he never understand what the joke is about touchstone phones <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones paying you to be here you Tommy prick. Lee Jones is furious at having to sit down for this interview <laughs> so uh, I think this is like a year after uh, No Country for Old Men uh, so don't know what he did after that but uh, boy not in the best of spirits anyway it, again, it's a really poorly produced documentary. They don't even have, like, music the entire time. But, uh, interesting story. So I, I think if you want to read about Harvard BTL 29-29, you'd be well served. And if they made a 30 for 30 about it, then I'd consider watching it. But until then, no. Uh, backup jerk of the week might as well be myself. So I started seeing a lovely young lady named Vanessa, and she was like, oh, you know what movie you should really watch? Oh. Tropic Thunder. I was like, wow, you know, I actually haven't seen that yet. And, uh, Sat down and watched it, and uh, turns out I fucking love Tropic Thunder, and don't worry, it does hold up. And not just because I love blackface, but uh, it actually has some real... But not, not <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> No, it's, it's actually got some really good satire. Like, you can tell that this is a movie about something. There's, like, a joke that they're trying to tell. Several different jokes that they're trying to tell. Now, uh, after the Lawnmower Man episode, I finally understand the Simple Jack references. And, oh my god, the Simple Jack references are fucking <laughs> cracking me up to this day. <laughs> it's so fucking funny, dude. I'm happy to hear it holds up, because I have not seen that in a long no, time. No, it, it legit, Same. like, it still works today, you know? Uh, it's it's very, very well done. Uh, like, everyone quotes the never go full retard line, and it's, like, not even a top 50 joke in the entire movie. But, yeah, it's still a pretty good line. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, it's nowhere near as good as the what do you mean you people line. Uh, <laughs> or almost anything that Robert Downey Jr. says. I don't know if, like, so many other fans of this movie that he earned an Oscar for this. Uh, people are like, yeah, if, if it wasn't for Heath Ledger, The Dark Knight, he should have got the Oscar. <laughs> it's just lets you know the type. Can we just give it to neither of them? There has to be the somebody thing. else, like, it's right? just like It shows you the type of people who watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that being said like yeah when but that being said right. Robert Downey Jr. is quite good in this and uh Ben Stiller is uh, about as good as he's ever been in this and uh he, this might be uh Jack Black's most dignified portrayal <laughs> uh also I did not know that was Tom Cruise until the end credits <laughs> <laughs> How did you avoid That's that? That's the My thing. It's like, nor, I, love I would have known that because, like, I'm a voice guy and I pick up on voices. And I, the whole time, I was like, I know that voice, but who is that? I love that for you for not knowing that up until. I tried really, really hard, man. I it ended up working out for me. It was also nice seeing Danny McBride in here. Another tasteful portrayal. Um, a bunch of other people were in it. Uh, yeah, actually, a lot of fun. And again. The Simple Jack references were the best part of the whole movie. Like, it's, it's so fucking funny to me. It's <laughs> an incredible running it joke. Really where is. they can pay off. <laughs> they can perform in this fucking Yeah, he's for fucking... For, and he turns into, like, the Marlon Brando in, uh, in fucking Apocalypse Now. Oh, sorry, I played uh, Marlon Brando. Fuck you, fatso! <laughs> it's all a performance. He's <laughs> doing Simple Jack. And they recognize him for Simple Jack just because he started stuttering. <laughs> That's how they recognize oh, me, good too. Brain. <laughs> oh, there must be a female <laughs> Mods. Okay. Uh, one last one here. Uh, I watched Man of Tai Chi. 
Alex, what did you watch? (laughs) (laughs) All right. How bad do you want that mask? Be honest with me. All right. So here's the thing. I don't, because I'm anti-mask, do not play Ram Ranch around me. Oh. Uh, Oh, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. No. uh, Man of Tai Chi is really good. It's got my close personal friend and part-time lover, Tiger Chen, who plays a character of Tiger Chen. And... uh, I'm going to say, I remember I've seen Tiger Chen in a couple other movies, but the one I really remember him for is Triple Threat. And I wish he had had the hair that he has in this movie. As stupid as it looks, it kind of fills out his, his jaw and his face and everything. So keep the Beatles hair, dude. It looks really good on you. Uh, it kind of feels like a, almost a stereotypical kung fu movie. Like You kind of wonder, like, what does this do that's different? And uh, it does Keanu Reeves directing it different. That's what it does. Now, this works both positively and negatively. Now, the negative is that Keanu Reeves is an American. What that means is he can't shoot a fight scene as well as other people do. And everyone likes the fight scenes in this movie, but frankly, I kind of felt them a little bit lackluster. Like, there's too much cross-cutting and stuff like that, so you don't get the full, like, impressiveness of, like, wow, they're doing all these crazy stunts and everything. It, it doesn't work quite as well as, say, The Raid. And yes, I like the fact that Ika Uwais is in this for approximately 13 seconds, uh, with like more of him. What it does really well is the story. I actually think the story works well in telling like, hey, this is what a martial art is used for. There's honor involved here. Uh, you're not supposed to go out looking for fights, uh, but defend yourself if necessary. And the the movie actually works spectacular in that regard. Tiger Chen is really great in this. But I think what I like most about this is Keanu Reeves is the director, right? Also the lead actor, and there's a moment in the screen where he... There's a moment in the movie where he just roars at the camera, and I really like that. Uh, And (laughs) he gives a very Keanu Reeves performance where he's doing something that's kind of... It's kind of like Christopher Walken, where he's performing exactly how he wants to, and he doesn't care if humans act like that. Uh, Anyway, what I really like about this is I was reading up on it, and apparently Tiger Chen actually worked on Keanu Reeves with uh, the, the second and third Matrix movies. And I don't know if this is true. I stopped reading at this point, but I'd like to think it's true. I have a feeling that Keanu Reeves met Tiger Chen on the set, and he was just like, whoa, what if I directed a movie that showed off your mad kung fu skills? And Tiger Chen said, okay. And that's this movie. And it's not for you. It's not for me. It's not for anyone else. This is for Tiger Chen. It'd be like, dude, I think you're so cool. I'm going to make a movie just built around how cool you are. And uh, if, if that's not a bromance, I don't know what is. I think that's really cool. Uh, what are your thoughts on Man of Thai Chi? I definitely recognize Tiger Chin on this uh, recent Matrix rewatch we did. In that, uh, was it the hallway fighting? It's like one uh, on four. Yeah, I think Because so. I hadn't seen this since it came out like 2003. So he definitely sticks out now after seeing Man of mm-hmm. Tai Chi. But uh, is this still the only movie he's ever directed? I think so. Because that's so. insane, if so. I mean, going yeah. on top, you know. I guess that's fair. A movie like no one has fucking seen. You know, it's weird. It only has a six point one on IMDb. It's like, what did you people not like about this? With like the weird cult around Keanu Reeves, you think? Yeah, even the Letterbox reviews are like, uh, evidently not. People are like, yeah, it was okay. It was you know typical kung fu movie. It was like, did you not see the trailer for its own movie inside of it? That's one of the best parts of the entire movie. (laughs) That was fantastic. Like, I would miss. Weddings and funerals. If this was a real thing, oh yeah, if I could just oh we gotta talk about the Twitch match. streamer guy. Oh, on this. That yeah. fucking guy was so good. He's like, yo, he's got fish flavored pork. 
damn, I'm getting hungry. I was like, I feel so seen right now. <laughs> Representation <laughs> matters, guys. You've That's actually that. the intro for the show. All right, so Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> All right, I got a, a couple weeks of material to go through here. So, uh, uh, you guys like Blade Runner, right? Yes. Yeah. How, how you feel about the idea of Blade Runner, but instead of Harrison Ford, it's 2021 Guy Pierce? Uh, <laughs> I'm not not into it. Let's. I'm not enthusiastic. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I watched a movie called Zone Four Fourteen, which is like a direct. That sounds like one of those but, anime uh, movies I watch that has like some terrible things happening. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's like an anime movie with like real people in it, half of whom are playing robots. But uh, if you know, you know. Like it's 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 competent. It looks good. It's it's a completely fine movie that I wouldn't have remembered if I, it wasn't talked about mm-hmm. in the show. You know, like. It's like Metal Note. Like, I watched this movie. I gave it three stars. I was like, this is pretty good. I'm also pretty stoned right now, so it might be pretty bad. But uh, if you like Blade Runner knockoffs, there you go. Uh, I also watched a movie that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I assigned to Parker a while ago. Yes, <laughs> Called Clockstoppers. No, I remember that oh, yeah, one, dude. yeah. Let's talk about this fucking soundtrack, dude. <laughs> Alright, so let me just get this out of the way first. Our lead is Thernobulax, which yes. is unbelievably good. Why you assigned it to me. <laughs> Correct. I'm glad you remember his but, name. Uh, I, I, how could I forget Thernobulax? It was incredible cold open where he tries to bang it <laughs> on a car. I can't believe they put an alien in Cherry <laughs> Look, there are three Blink-182 songs in this. Yes. There are also um, a Nickelback song, a Third Eye Blind song, a Lit song, a Sugar Ray song, a Dandy Warhol song, and, last but not least, a cover of Time After Time by Uncle Cracker. (laughs) (laughs) And then Smash Mouth plays over the credits. So, uh, what I'm saying is five stars. Unbelievably good film. Do not remember what the plot was, other than that it had a magic watch of some sort, and people got old if they didn't use the magic yeah. watch correctly. Um, yeah, Parker, do you have thoughts? <laughs> Absolutely not. I only <laughs> remember the soundtrack. I just remember the sheer joy of watching him extreme bike down the street while first date played, because he was about to have a date with the hot girl. I was like, yeah, man, let's fucking go back, please. When he does, when he does BMX tricks in the street of this movie that came out after 9-11, like, it's jarring, but, you know. It's a lot. Uh, we truly need to go back. Life has never been as good since. We 1 million percent have to go back. Between that and Torque, we need a cultural reset. We need to go back Correct. to what worked. We uh we were onto something back in the day, and they hated us so much they blew up our buildings. So uh, I think we, as a country and a race, uh, need to apologize to Nickelback. They've given us so much. I'm not there yet, years. but give me a couple years. <laughs> uh, so I watched a documentary called "The Loneliest Whale: The Search for 52," which is about a. Uh, the the rare like 52 hertz whale that has been recorded over the past 20 years that uh has a uh like sings his like whale song at a tone that none of his species can understand obviously this is a movie that i was expecting me to like just be punched right in the dude feels you know 
the sad whale just swimming about the ocean trying to talk to people. I expect to be gutted. gutted. What it turned out to be was, like, a pretty interesting study of, like, what whales actually are. Which, like, was cool. Because, I mean, I don't know. Like, I know, like, four things about whales, and it's not really a species I would have thought about anymore. Um, but, uh, also, they have a guy in this movie that... <laughs> Brings his clarinet up on the boat and plays songs into a microphone. Oh, no, that's why you watched it. <laughs> Emily had nothing to do with this. So I didn't know about this. Like I didn't know that that I was gonna get this fucking character, and it kind of took me out of the movie for like twenty minutes because it's like, oh, so people like whales are stupid. I get what you're saying, movie, but uh, no, whales are actually cool. Um, they don't find the whale. Spoilers, but I, if if you understand what's going on in this movie and what's at stake, like they're never gonna find this one fucking whale that sings differently. But I learned a lot about whales, including the fact that uh, the whale singing the weird song is probably like a hybrid between two species. So it makes sense that he's got a weird song, and maybe he's not that lonely because he's probably swimming with like a pod. So everything's good. The whale's happy. Um. All right. What else I got here? Oh, uh, <laughs> I briefly mentioned this to Parker earlier, but, uh, <laughs> so the Reacher TV show came out on Amazon Prime, like, yeah. what, two weeks ago? Chris, I say this without a, the slightest hint of irony. The most dudes rock piece of beauty I have ever Seriously? seen. Seriously? How so? So, look, when we think of Jack Reacher, we think of the Tom Cruise movies, because we don't read books for old men. But apparently it was, you know, very offensive when Tom Cruise was casting the short, role. Right? Because Jack Reacher's... Yeah, because Jack Reacher's, like, biggest character trait is that he is a large human. So in this show, <laughs> Jack Reacher is a guy that's 6'5". And literally every third line for, like, four episodes is just about how big he is. <laughs> like, like, it's just joke after joke about him being they, a larger than They're trying than so hard man, to, like, appease hilarious. those hardcore Tom Clancyites. Dude, there's literally, there's a scene where, like, some dude is, like, calling him out, and, and like, he calls him, like, some 6'4", whatever, like, and he's like, actually, it's 6'5", and then he punches the guy. <laughs> it is the kind of show where, uh, within the first episode, he, uh, he gets sent off to the county jail, because he has to protect, like, I don't know, some glasses cuck who doesn't want to talk mm -hmm. to them or whatever, and so they, they make him go to prison in a room with this guy, and, uh... Uh, our first scene at the prison, like, literally cut into the prison from outside is, uh, the warden going, well, uh, lucky for you, we had a Samoan drug dealer come through here six months ago, so we got some clothes custom-made that are big enough for you. <laughs> and then rather than getting strip searched, he just fucking threatens to grab the fucking cop by the balls. They just let him go into jail. <laughs> now I have to ask, isn't this just the dude from Blue Mountain State? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Not something I've ever watched. Oh. He reminds me of Landfill. Wait, one or two. <laughs> well, yeah. two's I'll split the. I'll, I'll okay. split the difference for now. But, uh... <laughs> no, just literally, like, dumb fucking meathead dude joke after dumb fucking meathead dude joke. As I said to Parker earlier, if I were ever in a situation where, like, I wanted to break up with a girl, but I was too cowardly to do it and wanted her to do it first so I wouldn't feel bad, this is what I'd work for. <laughs> 100%. Just the doodliest show of all time. Like, two thumbs all the way up. This fucking owns. It's, it's so 
so fucking dumb. <laughs> but in the best way. You want to hear a bunch of jokes about a big dude? <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> I know I know you do. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. Um, Alright. One more here by myself, and then I'll hand it off to Parker for a movie we both watched. Um, oh, yeah. So the the new Steven Soderbergh movie, Kimmy, oh, I heard is about out. This. Um, so he's a director that I love very much, and I will watch basically anything he does because even if I don't like the movie, it's going to be like really stylish and slick in a lot of really cool ways. And uh, this was good, but also there were like three things that I would change about it at least that could have made it really, really, really good instead of just regular good. It's a movie about, um, okay, so, Parker, you've seen Blowout at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, what if Blowout with an Alexa is basically the premise of the movie? Man, I should watch this. Yeah, it's a great premise, and, like, the main character is like, agoraphobic and, like, is afraid to leave the house, and so, like, Same. all of the confrontations in this movie are, like, when she's, like, very nervous and, like, not comfortable being around people, and also it's a COVID movie, so, like like masks play like a, a very like preeminent role in terms of like the claustrophobia of like the character and stuff just like who is and who isn't wearing a mask in all of these situations because it takes place in the middle of the fucking pandemic and like done in a really effective way that i haven't seen in any other movie since to the point that i think this is going to be like a really important like film relic like 10 years from now when you're trying to explain to people that are being born today like what the fuck this time was like like this is a really good example of it but also, our main character is agoraphobic, and there's, like, a romance plotline. And it's like, man, if you just didn't give me that and made this yeah. character actually feel trapped in her own head and her own life, that would have been so yeah. much better. Like, you're so close. Like, it's so close to being exactly what I You think they're trying to, to do, be. like, the whole, like, and oh, Zoe Kravitz is hot, there's no way she wouldn't have sex, you know? I mean, and I get it, and, like, they, 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 like, there's a throwaway line in there about how, like, she met this guy, like, you know, they were, like, posing in the windows opposite each other during quarantine, and then he came over, and, like, it was just kind of, like, a weird, like, sex thing, because she doesn't go anywhere, and, like, it was all rolled into her character and all this stuff, but, like, it's a more effective character without that, because, like, if I have someone who's, like, genuinely afraid of the world, and all of a sudden, like, the company that she works for is like trying to offer because she found this thing on like an alexa recording that she was supposed to monitor like it just it, it ramps up all of the intensity of the movie that much more and instead it's just like it's just a pretty good movie and i really like like i really liked it it's just i i just it's hanging over my head the fact that i could have liked this so much more than i did which uh you know, given a lot of the movies I've seen oh, this year, I'll take Alex, that. buddy, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> now, for reference for everyone, now. I, being King Autismo of this podcast, have seen all of them. <laughs> Alex has seen literally no Texas Chainsaws up until this afternoon. Dude, seriously? Correct. Wait, so like, yeah, never. None of the, not even the first. What am I gonna two? do? Watch that by myself? What am I a fucking virgin? <laughs> yeah, who would? Who would do that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say this: I don't, I don't know that you would get any appreciation for the first one. Although there is some appreciation to be had for it. I can't believe I'm defending this movie that I don't even really like, but I, I get why it's a big deal. 
you know? Like, I yeah. understand, like, where it has its place in cinematic history. And I think if you watch it and you don't come away appreciating it, then you're not really paying attention, you know? No, that and, being said, and I totally get that. Yeah, that being as said, a, you at, would like the second I know. it's fucking as, as As somebody that has, like, literally gone, like, off and on the fence, like, eight times this week about whether I should buy tickets to go see Paul McCartney, because I think it's, like, anthropologically important, I totally understand the value of the first Texas, Ma- Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, I mean, it, sometimes it's more fun to read about than it is to actually watch it, but, like, yeah, you know. And again, watch the second one. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, <clears throat> this new one is a direct sequel to the first one, which, of course, ignores Texas Chainsaws 2, 3, and 4. Uh, Alex, you watch anything else or anything? And, of course, it ignores the oh, remake in the yeah, prequel to the right. remake. And, of course, uh-huh. it ignores Texas Chainsaw 3D, yeah. a direct sequel to the first movie. And, of course, it ignores Leatherface, a direct prequel to the first movie. Any questions? I can't stop. <laughs> Sorry. I'm glad we cleared that up. And the skeletons are... <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 4, of course, everyone's favorite for having Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, who immediately tried to get the movie blocked from release when they were in movie. Renee Zellweger. Parker, where does, uh, where does Texas Chainsaw 3D fit into this? Uh, poorly. It was a direct sequel to the first one, unlike this one, which is also a direct sequel to the first one. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> life has many doors at point. Yeah. First, you don't succeed. Just do it. I mean, Halloween 2018 like, did. And try again. There are multiple universes. Okay, they're going to get all the different Leatherfaces together for <laughs> Leatherface. Far Dude, from home. I would watch the one with Leatherface. <laughs> yeah. Like well, in a look, Texas Chainsaw 3D isn't good, but also Alexander Daddario wears a low cut shirt for like ninety percent of that movie. So oh, well, okay. you could yeah, you could do right? much worse with your time. <laughs> like this, absolutely. <laughs> Hey, Where uh, do we begin, Parker. dude? <laughs> Parker, let's uh, let's start with something that is near and dear to your uh-huh. heart: the earliest appearance of the stars and bars in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love so our main characters, our heroes that you're supposed to cheer for. Just, yes, show up to this podunk buttfuck town in the middle of rural Texas and go, hey. Me and my 20-year-old friends are going to kick all of you out of your houses and set up a millennial hotspot. And these are our heroes. Like, oh, your whole family's lived here for generations? Yeah, you owe the bank. Sorry, this is ours now. You're like, man, I hope they get away. Gone. <laughs> right, wait, are you sure that, like, they're supposed to be the good? Isn't this, like, the slasher movie thing where they set up, like, unlikable characters so you don't really feel bad when they get killed? I mean, it uh, wants you to sympathize. You would think, but uh, it, it tries. They're, they're, so, so Chris, you've seen a lot of horror movies, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Well, then you've seen this movie. Absolutely, it's all there. Oh, I'll just check this off then. <laughs> yeah, you might. Honestly, you might as well. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, I watched my bloody Valentine this week, and I didn't mention it. So, yeah, I guess I have basically take your fucking pick on like slasher movie cliches. With people running through houses and stairs and beds and closets, oh, and she yeah, hides under that bed for like forty-five minutes. That doesn't have anything draped it's like over. Like half, it. she's just the under movie. the bed where you can clearly see. If you're even near the room, you're like, oh, what, "What the fuck are you doing down there?" It's good. It's really good. Now, uh, full disclosure: well, he's, he's really big, so he can't see it. Not so, to defend know, the cool. movie in any way, shape, or form, but I will say, I immediately played catch up as soon as i got there so it was a room full of people 
about nine of us total, all quite intoxicated. So there are chances I miss things that would make the movie not as bad. I don't, no, I don't didn't. believe I did, but I'm just putting that out there in the interest of fairness. Because, boy, what a movie that has nothing going on, and then we get to the bus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, Chris, you, you're somebody who has been online in your life. You know what's like when people like when when people like take a movie that nobody really cared that much for, and they're like, "Oh, but you got to see this one scene. It's incredible." Yeah. The one that comes to mind is the the fucking church shootout in the the first Kingsman movie. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's just like an unbelievable scene. Like even if you don't like that movie, you watch that and you go like, "This is good." Yes. <laughs> so Leatherface gets on a fucking bus where there's no back door in this movie, and uh, as I said to Parker while I was watching. There has never been a scene in movie history that needed ballroom blitz more than this. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is so good, but, like, so comical and out of tone with the rest of the movie. Like, this scene by itself should inspire, like, 20 horror comedies that are all bad. It should have ballroom blitz or also the Benny Hill music. Either one is equally <laughs> applicable. It the is... ballroom blitz by, by Crocus. Oh, of course. <laughs> friend of the show Crocus that's <laughs> your favorite word one of the stupidest Crocus. things I've ever seen but it owns. and it's yeah. it's easily the most people like I think more people get murdered by a chainsaw in this movie than the other seven or eight movies combined he just mows through oh, that yeah. bus front to back and it's incredibly satisfying <laughs> doubly so when you're with a group of people that are yelling at the TV it is quite good <laughs> I would have much preferred to see this in the Oh, theater. yeah. It would have been so good. And uh, it tries to do the Halloween 2018 thing, where it's like, ah, it's the final girl from the original movie after all these years. But it's like, well, one's Jamie Lee Curtis, and one is a woman I don't think who ever acted again. Right, so she yeah. emerges, you're like, who the fuck is... Why didn't you just move? <laughs> just fucking I, uh, go, lady. Like, I would never go back to Texas. Because, like... At, at the oh, uh, the risk of cancellation here, I uh, thought that was one of the elves from Lord of the Rings for, like, <laughs> the first 40 minutes of the movie because she didn't talk. And I was like, oh, it's fucking... Who is this El rendell ass character? Like, who is this? It's like, oh, and like, that's lady. My bad. It, I'm sorry. It cuts away. Like, none of the other sequels happen, so it's just the original one from 1974 and then this one, which poses many issues, uh, one of which being... Just fucking move. Clearly, they haven't killed anyone else. Just move. Another yeah. issue is you're watching this whole movie like you were explicitly telling me this is like a 65 year old man. I am not scared. I can take this motherfucker's knee out and just leave. And then like just light off some fireworks. He'll hide under the bed with that girl. <laughs> she has this big fucking historic moment of like, do you remember me and my friends? And he clearly doesn't, and he just chainsaws her and Team Rocket blasts her off the screen. <laughs> and it's supposed to be this big <laughs> moment. My Rich Evans laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> it's so embarrassing to be like, oh, this is her big moment after five decades, and he has no idea who she is and just murders her. <laughs> Look, Chris, all you need to know about this movie, and I say this, both as a friend and as somebody that wants you to suffer. Leatherface gets on the bus and they've all got their phones out and they threaten to cancel him. And then he murders so. him. And it takes like 30 people to die before someone just opens a window and tries to crawl out. 
oh, it's incredibly not good. I will never ever go back and rewatch it because it will not have the same experience that I had. There's no way it will be anything but significantly worse just watching it on my own. But also, yeah. <laughs> like 30 people died and the credits rolled at 75 minutes. Yep. It's, uh, it's anywhere between... I've seen... Because, you know, fucking horror nerds just have to give you their whole franchise rankings as soon as they see a new movie. I've seen everywhere between third best and the worst, and all choices are valid. Because this franchise is <laughs> dog shit. Yeah. You could talk me into it being like, oh, after one and two, it's pretty good. And you could talk me into, this is easily the worst. I hate all of these people. Uh, turns out uh, Netflix's big plan to have a new original movie every week for the whole year. Uh, probably going to be some bad movies in there. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we should just make that our show. <laughs> just every Not new Netflix now, movie. No, yeah. A lot of Ryan Reynolds in that commercial, my man. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what happens in that business model. It's like, all right, we need a new movie. It's February. What do you got? Uh, this, e- this is too short to play in theaters. Don't care. Don't film anything else. Just send it. We'll put it on. We'll put we'll put a trailer out and then debut it the next week. And then no one will talk about it ever again. Mm-hmm. It's th- unbelievably forgettable. But also, yeah, because I have brain worms, I'll never forget it. Because it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. They threaten to cancel them. What a film. They all get chainsawed. <laughs> That's so good. The angle of the camera it's... live streaming is all the comments say, oh my god, this is totally fake. This is so stupid as they all get murdered. Uh, yeah, never seen <laughs> that one. Oh, shit ever. It sucks so bad. Next week's episode spree. Hell yeah, dude. It's about time. Except maybe. Uh, boy, what a way to spend an hour 15. <laughs> 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 Only an hour fifteen, eh? That's exactly like how am I not gonna watch? This? Like this sounds stupid, but like if it's that short, I might as well, right? Yeah, you'll really love the characters. They're great. Yeah, they just want to well. kick these old people out of their houses, and they're supposed to feel bad when they get murdered because one of them survived a school shooting that we see in a flashback for ten seconds. <laughs> It's pretty tastefully done. About yeah, that. dude. I thought that character was mute for like forty-five minutes because she didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Let's spank that hog. <laughs> Let's see what else did I watch? Oh, last week I didn't talk about uh, Street Kings, Alex. Oh hell yeah, dude! I'm sure you had told me beforehand, but I'd forgotten. So when I hit play. This movie's unfolding. Like, what the fuck is this? And then it ends. I see directed by David Ayer. I'm like, oh, I see. That makes perfect sense. I have never heard Keanu Reeves say more slurs in my life than I have this movie. Jesus Christ. Like, he's supposed to be deep undercover, but he's just a racist cop who just murks a bunch of Koreans who are trafficking minors. I didn't know that many Asian slurs existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah really... Isn't he part Asian? Yeah. I guess he would know. <laughs> How'd you think I felt watching the Super Bowl, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about that one for a while. <laughs> and since it's a David Ayer movie and it like has some money, it's just every other character, you're like, oh, it's that guy. Like... The guy investigating him is just Hugh Laurie doing his Dr. House voice. 
Because that's the only American accent he can do. So he's just talking in his gruff American accent while he's investigating a bunch of shady shit. Terry Crews is his former partner who thinks he's racist and he might be right. We don't really get a definitive answer on that. Everyone talks constantly like, hey, why do you execute so many minorities? And we never really like circle back to that. It just seems to be a commonly stated thing. Like, yeah, Keanu Reeves is a real hotshot cop who just seems to execute a bunch of black and Mexican people on the case. Weird. But, you know, that's what you get with these movies, I guess. Um, his entire team hates him, but also one of them is Jay Moore with a mustache. Which is an incredibly <laughs> yeah, good development. Is. Oh, shout out to Cherry Falls. <laughs> I, what I did not expect was uh, Terry Crews just to get executed in a convenience store like fucking Robocop. Like, just lit the fuck up. So it's up to him and Chris Evans to solve who sent the hitman after him. <laughs> While this boss, Forrest Whitaker, tries to keep him out of trouble. And then, so because of course he does, like an hour 20 in, you're like, oh, of course fucking Common is in this movie. Why wouldn't he be? This is the exact movie he just appears in for one scene. It is like the most rote standard... A cop thriller with like 14 twists that don't amount to anything you're like we could have skipped like 45 minutes of this movie and just gotten here but we have to find it out <laughs> did, with keanu reeves did you uh did you like forrest whitaker explaining his brain genius plan at the end of the movie <laughs> like a fucking scooby-doo episode. shows him the wall full of money so he can buy off everyone and protect everyone and give them their pensions and then he just gets murdered it's real fucking stupid, but it was my kind of stupid. Exactly. It, definitely your kind of stupid. Hell yeah! <laughs> I can tell like thirty minutes in, like, oh, I know exactly why he. This wasn't a blind recommendation, <laughs> was it? <laughs> Sometimes I know you just find things you're like, oh, well, have them tell me if this is good. I could tell, like, oh no, <laughs> Alex. Oh, I've seen this. Absolutely. Course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Very strong recommend to, uh... Well, you know who you are. You know if you'd be into this. Yep. So, a big week for Elvis in my life. As I watched two Elvis-themed films, none of which starring him. Uh, I watched John Carpenter's three-hour fucking Kurt Russell Elvis movie. Which Chris, I kind of liked. Good, though. Uh, you liked it more than I did. I was bored to yeah, fucking tears. Prize. <laughs> he's a really good Elvis. Um, I mean, yeah, Kurt Russell is. He's he not does my problem. Maybe the it. second best Elvis of all time, right behind, I guess, Andy Kaufman. My problem is. I thought you were going to say behind Elvis. <laughs> my problem is the Elvis movie is, is both best. way too long, but also still with that length, doesn't get into like anything. So it'll just be like, ah, uh, now he's in the army. Uh, he's doing a kung fu pose. All right, next scene. Oh, uh, mama's looks kind of sick. Our mom's in the hospital. Our mom's dead. Okay, next scene. You're like, what? Either make this like I, a four night event, or just you like, know, pick you're a period to sound of his like life. You, you're starting to sound like you don't appreciate the king. Correct. Okay, so I have a feeling that like maybe I'm grading on a curve here, but it came out in what 1979, I think. I mean, I'm okay. sure like all of the stuff that annoys me is stuff that was made after this that just copied it. And it's like if yeah. I think if they put the '70s commercials in there, 
you would be better oh, with absolutely. it. Like, even though it's an hour longer. Yeah. Because, like, th- it has very obvious, like, commercial breaks. Oh, yeah. It, it's yeah. not a movie you could watch in a theater, yeah. you know? Oh, so, I don't know. So, the other thing about it is it's also made for 1979 audiences, specifically the trailer park moms who are just like, oh, my God, I had his records. You know, they really, really liked his music back then, and, and like, no one listens to Elvis today. Even I don't do that, you know? No, no one so, does, which is a weird yeah. thing in itself, like... He was the biggest star on the fucking planet, and no one goes back and rediscovers his stuff because there's just a bunch yeah. of shitty movies and shitty songs for the shitty movies. I don't think I don't know if I've ever seen a single Elvis movie. Now that I think, nor should you. Like I'm sure they I mean, all suck. Didn't he, make like, didn't he make like more than twenty fucking movies? Yeah, like, he made a lot he of movies. A lot. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, cool. You're just gonna sing all your life. Chris, maybe we should do that. Should we do? Maybe we should just like. One? I don't know. We should just like play Pong every week with an Elvis movie. I don't know. Like There's... I watch one, you watch one. I... I I remember seeing a commercial from one with my dad where he said, oh, "I'm the Sheik of Araby." My dad laughed so hard we had to change the channel because we couldn't hear what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that he was almost cast in uh, in Richard Beamer's role in uh, the the original West Side Story. It would have been a very different movie. <laughs> I will say I didn't hate this. I just especially yeah. by about the hour and a half mark, I was really starting to feel like okay, let's. Let's get going somewhere. And that whole I, last I hour say, really dragged. I will say that, like, one of the things that they say about uh, auteurs is that, like, you can tell it's one of their movies from a single frame of the movie. And Elvis is, like, the one exception to that. It doesn't really feel like a very John Carpenter-ish movie because he's talking about Elvis. I don't think uh, I've ever heard John Carpenter reference this movie. Yeah, I don't think he even remembers that he directed it. I, I think they <laughs> uh, took it away admit, from him, edited it, and he's like, yeah, fuck this, I don't care. Yeah, you know, I have to admit, I, it feels much less of a John Carpenter movie and much more of a Kurt Russell movie. Now, I don't mean to defend this any more than I ought to, but Kurt Russell really does give a great performance. He's a really good Elvis. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't want to give the impression that Except I hated Bruce this. Campbell. Like, for a good two-thirds of it, I was very much like okay like it's pretty standard stuff but like i'm not not liking it but mm-hmm. the longer it dragged on i was like okay we need to we need to like pick a time period and focus on it because if you give me like two hours of just like late stage elvis oh, just going fucking crazy in his giant mansion in graceland that's a movie right there you can't just give me one yeah. scene of him like oh what, Dude, what are you saying to me and just like throwing yeah, something scarface but with elvis yes like, yeah. that's, movie that I would watch. that's a fucking movie See, that's that's actually a good point that you bring up, and that's one of the problems with a lot of biopics. A lot of people say, you know, such and such died. Let's make a biopic about his life. Think about the movie Lincoln by Steven Spielberg. I actually like this one, but it's only about a very specific part of his life. Because he can't capture all of Abraham Lincoln's entire life in a two-hour movie. It's just not possible. And Elvis lived one of those kind of lives. He had so many interesting, important things happen to or because of him that you can't capture all that. Even in a three-hour made-for-TV movie, you can't get all of that, you know? No, and then, every as decade. As such, you leave out some of the best one. parts. You should like, yeah, have focused on one specific thing. Like, one of the things I would have focused on was his 1969 comeback, you know? It was, like, a big fucking deal, you know? Like, and he no had, point or maybe, in the movie. I think it was a 1963 Sorry. comeback. I mean, at no yeah. point in the movie did I realize, like, wait, he's been gone for that long? It's just like the rapper, yeah. I was like, oh, Elvis is back. You're like, this seems important. Give me an hour and a half long movie of him getting drafted and Elvis just hanging out in Germany on naval bases, learning karate. That's a movie. 
<laughs> two scenes, and then like, oh, you yeah. had a haircut. That's crazy. All right, he's back home, See, still wearing his fatigues. Yeah, a lot of people they a lot of people they, when they grow up they think about oh what would the movie of my life be like and it's really important to try to live your life in a way that they can't capture the totality of your existence in a two hour movie you know try to live a full complete life do as many interesting things as possible like record a podcast about movies yeah the man took so many pills he died on the toilet like I think his life and was the pretty fact that we don't even well, we that's, just get like no, fucking no, hallelujah like, montage come on that's movie. what I'm saying is that, <laughs> come on, yeah, man. that's what I'm saying is that his life was too interesting for a three hour movie it's like you can't really just get all of it in here like Parker says condense it down to like a certain subsection of his life like like Lincoln does it's like we're going to capture the good stuff right here now that being said, some people have lived this sort of lives that you capture the most important stuff in there just in that, you know, two, two and a half hours. Like, uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye did that with Tammy Faye Baker. Like, sure, you can go ahead and do that. But this is one of those, like, Elvis lived, like, this needs to be, like, two separate movies. Maybe maybe three separate movies. Who knows? And, like, you get, like, the really good stuff where, you know, you need it. Some of the stuff you already know. It's kind of like uh, the Steve Jobs stuff. It's like, I'm not saying that he was interested enough for any movies or anything, but, like, there are certain parts that you leave out and certain parts that you really focus on. And that's the issue, because he lives such a life, like, three hours is too short to cover everything with, like, any sort of detail. So you just sit the three hours of, like, the spark notes that takes forever. It's just not a good middle ground whatsoever. If no, this was, like, four yeah. nights worth of John Carpenter directing, like, all right, now we're going to do, here's the 50s, now here's the 60s. Like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And also, like, just to glaze over, like, oh, he's talking to his mom once, and she sounds forgetful. Okay, now she's in a hospital bed. Or now we're at the funeral. It's like, okay. I don't know anything about Elvis, but it's very clear just from this, like, that melted that man's brain. Oh, yeah. like making yeah. a fucking Kanye West movie where it's like, oh, my mom's sick. Well, anyways, uh, I'm going to date Kim Carson. like, no, 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 no. This is the event <laughs> that melts his brain forever. Can we spend more than five minutes here? This is kind yes. of important. Can we not have him having a phone call with Priscilla's dad of like, I mean, I'll make sure she gets to a good high school. And you're like, what? <laughs> What'd you say, movie? <laughs> that was an interesting scene to include. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah. Well, don't worry. My dad's real. Take care of her. Uh, what? <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... The other only, Elvis movie. My only <laughs> Elvis experience I have is Johnny Bravo, so... You know, I'm not talk. <laughs> You know what? That's fair. So yeah, uh, didn't do a lot for me. Like I said, didn't hate it, just I could as yeah. the longer it went on. You know, I kinda want you to watch Bubba Hotep compare Bruce Campbell. Good news, I did. That's why I watched this. Oh hey. Let's talk yeah, about here a much go. better movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bubba Hotep is a movie I've been avoiding up until you recommended it because like, I talk to a lot of horror fans, and usually when they oh, yeah. recommend to you a horror comedy, you just fucking avoid it like the plague, because it's specifically, never Specifically Evil Dead fans. Like, oh. I discovered Evil Dead when I, I think when I was in college, and I thought, wow, this is so cool. And I talked to other people who liked it, I was like, I don't even want to mention that I like this anymore, you know? <laughs> it's, it's fucking yeah. embarrassing. The weird ownership like they have with Bruce Campbell is uh, Yeah, exactly. Let the guy be, jeez. So yeah, this podcast. Uh, you hear those people describe this movie, like the pitch is good, but when they pitch it, you're like, "This sounds like the most wretched ninety minutes of my life." It really does, yeah, yeah. So I let you take the bullet on that for me because I knew you would eventually, because you know, seeing it's it Bruce in theaters Campbell. too. Two and, uh, yeah, I had a wonderful time. 
It's actually very sweet for the most part. Yeah, with the right. Yeah. Uh, it's also not something to watch with women. <laughs> it's one of the grossest things I've ever heard of. Quite disgusting. About his dick. <laughs> that thing it, we it, have to do every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to admit, he's, his voice is pretty good as the king. He actually kind of nails it. <laughs> he really goes for it in this one. But it, like you said, it's surprising how touching this movie is about uh, an elderly Elvis uh, who's not actually dead, who fights off an evil mummy spirit. Uh, it's very sweet towards the elderly. Yeah. Like, everyone yeah. that would notice that's actually that he's actually Elvis is just long dead by this point. So he's just an old man in a retirement home that everyone thinks is crazy. That's yeah, sweet. it kind of really kind of makes you feel a little bad. It was like maybe I should go visit my. It grandma. did. Oh, I texted my, my grandma. I saw she was doing. Oh, that's good. I'm she happy you did that. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> they struggle with phones. Yeah. Can't win them all. Yeah. You know, I tried. Gives me gives me brownie Why points up there. Why haven't you followed there. me on Twitter yet, Grandma? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's different posting energies. You should know that by now, Grandma. It's big underscore jazz underscore boy. <laughs> No, don't read that one. Don't read that one. Don't read that one. Sonny, <laughs> who is Carson Wentz? Oh, oh God, she's going yeah. in the home. Yep, just unplugged your dialysis. Sorry, Grandma, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, out of the two Elvis things I watched this week, uh, Bubba Hotep was much better, in my opinion. And, I uh, can definitely defend that. Yeah. I watched that one first, and I watched the Carpenter one, because I was like, I need to watch them all at some point. And no better opportunity is going to arise in my life to knock this one off the list. So I might. Yeah, as this well. is. I can safely say this will be a one and done for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, like, it's the most hack thing in the world to say about comparing biopics to walk hard. But man, it's it's really hard not to. I'm sorry. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Every single one with their fucking. Oh, I'm in a fucking dark period. Like, yes, okay, and then he finds. <laughs> insert woman or god or both let's get there come on movie right, yeah. let's go i don't know kurt russell is like i've never like even people who grew up with elvis like that generation just ain't around anymore so you don't know really Correct, know anyone yeah. who was there in the heat of it watching kurt russell gyrate i was like oh i get it now yeah you can't put this on television yep. can't do it i'm sorry it's yeah. right yeah i understand now it's it, it it's funny because my uh my dad's the the youngest of six siblings, so he has my dad's sixty and has five older siblings, including a couple who are very into Elvis. So I've like been exposed to Elvis throughout my life, but not in a way that's like you know, hey, you should listen to this. So like when I'm like, I wonder what the deal with Elvis is. I listen to the music. It's like okay, and then you see something like that, and you're, you're absolutely right. It's just like oh, oh, I get it now. Oh, yeah. this makes sense. So the yeah, way I. Is, <laughs> the way I learned about it is, I, I think I've mentioned this before, when I went overseas, I downloaded all those albums from the Rolling Stone Top 500 Albums of All Time list. And they have, like, mm -hmm. albums from, like, all the years, dating back to, like, the 1920s. And uh, so I put them all in order. I kind of want to see how does music develop over time. And I listened to all the songs. And when you get to Elvis, two things are immediately clear. One, he did not invent rockabilly. He didn't invent rock and roll either. There are songs that came out well before him that were rockabilly. There are songs that came out well before him that were rock and roll. But he did them a lot better. And you could see that it was such a big change from everything else that came out before. Because what you got before that was like Sinatra if you were white and Sonny Boy Williamson if you were black. And you wanted something that could really... It's not necessarily that it, that it cut across the barriers. You want something that was exciting. 
And not just because, oh, it's for the young people who are raging. It's it's more so that it was like, there's some energy to this music, and damn it, it's catchy. So uh, it, it really did work out, and he did in fact have some talent. That being said, it doesn't hold up today. I don't think there's anyone who's just like, yeah, I still listen to Elvis, man. He's still the king, besides, I don't know, Jean Reno. <laughs> and the biggest <laughs> issue, like... The king. Like about focus. What I love about these is like the creation of these songs, how they come together, which is was my biggest issue with Bohemian Rhapsody. Not to just beat that dead horse. It wasn't what everyone else memed on. It was like, ah, wait, play that bass line, and then it just cuts and then playing another one bites the dust. You're like, what the fuck? Okay, sure. Those are the things that I like. That works on me. I don't know. Like in a tiny brain. Like I want to know how these iconic songs came together. Like I will watch a whole movie like of them just making an album but Elvis didn't write half of his songs. It's like, hey, also, I'm seeing yeah, this. No, All right, yeah. show up to this movie. Uh, deliver your line. Oh, it man. fucking sucks. All right, sing your line. Great. <laughs> like, it doesn't you, work. You should watch the Oasis movie, buddy. I, I, it's, it's pretty high on my list. Like, if all of these I'd, big bands, instead of like, oh, we're going to show their whole story, like, no, show me them in the studio, like, at each other's throats. Like, someone about yeah. to have a nervous breakdown. Like, you can't do the drum fill at that fucking point. It ruins the whole fucking flow of the album. That's what I want. I just like I the idea that. of Paul McCartney in the studio going like, right then, can you go na 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 na? <laughs> dude, dude, you you should watch any number of hours of that fucking Beatles doc. I, on, I, I really I, do I need to see that. On yeah, Disney I'm going to get to it. I, I don't want to watch because it. Like, like, oh, sorry, good. I must go on a <laughs> no. tangent. No, I, I just, I, I got to put this out there yeah. while I got it on okay. the brain. Yes. Um, <laughs> that whole fucking thing is three dudes that are totally fucking done with Paul McCartney and Paul McCartney just like <laughs> being Paul McCartney just playing really no 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 one more yeah. take of Maxwell Silverhammer <laughs> like motherfucker I want to go to lunch <laughs> like leave me alone like I don't want to see like so, them having conversation and someone saying something like wait a second and that's just the name of the song that they're playing in the next scene I want to see them like, no, it's not na 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 na. It's na 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 na. You fucking idiot! Get it right. This is what we're gonna replace you. <laughs> that's what I want in a musical biopic. And hi, I mean those what are you wearing exist, over that's there? Fine. It's it's why, not my I, genre. I'm, that's fine. Why, Elvis? I am wearing my my blue shoes. What are they made of, though? <laughs> oh my suede. god! He almost a spilled. Sp- two. Wait, a- <laughs> <laughs> he spilled ravioli on my blue suede shoes. They had a one and a two. <laughs> I want to see the actual creative process or if it's Elvis's life I want to see like really because it's just like oh mama I bought you a car oh mama I bought you a house like wait what and the next I mean, scene is like here's your 37 yeah. room house alright back to the tour like no well like, yeah you're not a, you're not like one of those trailer park moms with the blue hair this wasn't made for you it was made for them <laughs> oh, you yeah. know shout out I to wanna, John Carpenter for having range this is as much as I can defend him for this I want to see an old man in a house with 37 rooms yelling at the walls that people are listening in on him yeah, I want to watch okay. a man going full the, Colonel Kurtz in his own fucking well. You want to see the last days of Elvis Presley. Bored Did you ever hear the dude. story about him and uh, Alice Cooper? <laughs> no. Dude, oh my god. This is one of the best stories. It's actually better when Alice Cooper tells it, but I'll do the best, because uh, I do a good Alice Cooper impression. Okay, hi, my name is Alice Cooper. Hey, old man, uh, so he's So he, uh, he's not like a huge star yet, but he's still... Alice Cooper and Elvis is still Elvis. So one of those rare like meetings there where you get to, you know... So uh, he gets to meet him backstage. He's like, uh, and Elvis comes up and is like, oh, I've heard your work. It's really groovy. Which no one's ever really described Alice Cooper's work that way. But, you know, whatever. He's like, wow, that's really cool. And uh, I was like, hey, let me show you something cool. And 
I think Alice Cooper's probably like, yeah, I thought it was going to be like drugs and stuff. And he pulls out a fucking gun. And he puts the gun in, in Alice Cooper's hands and says, go ahead, try to shoot me. And uh, now time freezes, <laughs> as it so often does. And there's a little angel appears on Alice Cooper's shoulder. That's, or a little devil appears on Alice Cooper's shoulder and says, shoot him and kill him. And uh, I mean, because you I mean, can't pass up that story. That's great publicity. This wouldn't have happened to poopies. And a little angel appears on his shoulder and says, shoot him and wound him. Now, before he can decide which little guy on the shoulder to uh, listen to, uh, in a flash, like split second, Elvis <laughs> disarms him and Cooper is on the floor with Elvis's knee on his neck. <laughs> They're like, wow, great karate move, sir. <laughs> that would be such a good movie. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that he was the Steven Seagal of his time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't know? Do you, wait, do you know about Elvis and karate? I, I just know that he was very large, like Stephen. He was also, yeah, he was very large like Stephen, but he also, uh, I, I guess he learned karate in the army. I don't know if that's apocryphal, but uh, he got really hey, we, into karate. We, I hope we're teaching the troops karate. Yeah, he that, got, that'd be smart. He got really, really into karate. He loved karate. There's a reason that you see Johnny Bravo doing that. He, he's making wait, fun of Wait, Elvis. wait, Chris. Chris. What? L.A. karate or Seattle karate? <laughs> Uh, it's actually, uh, I guess it's Tennessee karate, so... Oh, well. <laughs> you know, the can't East Coast shit. I, I, I can't say I have the breadth of knowledge to know which is the best of these karates. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, he got really into karate, and he would do karate moves on stage during his concerts. Like, all the time. And the people would go nuts for it. And I, I, I think you could probably credit Elvis doing karate with, like, the proliferation of karate today. More so than even Bruce Lee. I mean, you're telling me Last Days of Elvis or Elvis Learns Karate wouldn't be better movies than this? I mean, we already, had, we already had Elvis versus the Mummy and declared it was a better movie than The Life and Times of Elvis Wrestling. Just so. him just stationed overseas, like, stuck over there because he got drafted and just slowly becoming obsessed with karate and coming back to America and showing everyone. Better movie than, uh, alright, then he gets signed and then he records the song. But this guy doesn't like it, but then this guy signs him and they're going to perform here and then he's going to get a girlfriend and he leaves a girlfriend and he's like, fucking slow down or cut out an hour. There is Mr. one Carpenter. other... Actually, so here's an idea for a movie, and this is actually based on a true story. Uh, it's called The Million Dollar Quartet. And uh, like I said, this actually happened. There is a recording studio, and I don't know who they're getting ready to record, uh, but they had... I'm going to look up the names here. But they had Elvis uh, come in, and he was recording. But he wasn't the only one. There were, uh, there were other guys. There was also Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis... And Carl Perkins. So Carl Perkins is probably the least known of those guys. But I think he's the one who wrote Blue Suede Shoes. So he was still kind of a big deal at the time. Now this happened in 1956. So Elvis was like... Elvis like got big in, I think, 1954. So he was like still getting up there. But Jerry Lee Lewis was still big. And Johnny Cash was big. And Carl Perkins, again, had written Blue Suede Shoes. So it was like a really big deal. And in fact, there is a recording of some of the songs that they sang. Now here's the problem... The songs that they sang were almost all gospel because they were all like, you know, God fearing men and stuff like that. So it's kind of shitty. But with the magic of Hollywood, you can pretend that they sang good songs instead. So maybe that would be something interesting. Also, uh, you mentioned that no thing about Priscilla really in high school. I'm just like, now I'm thinking about Jerry Lee Lewis marrying his like 12 year old cousin. As we all do. 
Wow, well, Elvis. Some of us. Whomst among us. A high schooler? <laughs> you ain't nothing but a hound dog. Wait a second. <laughs> and a one, man, a two. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think this... <laughs> this going to come back as our new recurring for lyrics. <laughs> I don't think this genre of movies is for me, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe it's for me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't... You know, it's just... I, I do what like I want to see is right. people, like, at each other's throats trying to make something. That's why I love that fucking yeah. Metallica thing. Because they're at each other's throats constantly oh, to make the most infamously dog shit metal album of all time. Like, that's yeah. fascinating to me. James and so screaming at Lars Ulrich that he's madly in love with you. Here's, here's, here's how we figure out... <laughs> Sorry. Here's how we figure out where Parker stands. Parker, how'd you feel about Walk the Line? I've actually never seen it. Me neither. Really? Me neither, yeah. I gotta get to it. It's interesting because it's one of those movies where I don't know if it's good or not. I Like, I but, haven't uh, seen it, but I've seen yeah. Walk Hard like five times, so I feel like it's gonna be a very difficult watch because the parallels are yep. very explicit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're fucked. The Beatles. The four Beatles from Liverpool. <laughs> Bad <laughs> Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do I have anything else? Oh yeah, the last thing. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Last two things here. Uh, our good friend Repick has talked for many years about the show uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place that aired on the BBC years ago, and they heard Adult Swim. Mm. Yep. So yep. I watched all six episodes. Incredibly, my shit. Oh hey. yeah, uh, I know. The second I watch it, oh yeah, because I knew like the setup of like okay, it's like a '80s like cheesy horror TV show that they unearthed and reared. But what makes it... Because it's kind of like Black Diamond, I think. It's like a throwback to those kinds of movies and TV shows. But what makes it work is, like, they frame it as they found it, and they're re-releasing it. So the three main actors are in character in little, like, vignettes in between scenes and segments. As the characters they play talking about this as if this was a real thing. And it adds such a great extra layer to the whole thing. Or Matt Berry... uh, of course, Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows is like the actor who clearly knows this thing's a absolute piece of dog shit. The uh, titular Garth Marenghi is a Stephen King type who thinks he's the greatest writer on earth and thinks it's a masterpiece that was unfairly lost to time and canceled by the BBC. And then the third is just the dude who has never acted a day in his life but put up all the funding and directed it so he had to be there. And just them cutting in between scenes and giving these extra jokes gives it such a great, like, added level of comedy. Like, if Black Dynamite had that, where the guy who played Black Dynamite would cut in between scenes and explain why the movie was so good, it would yep. bump it up an extra star for me. Oh, buddy, you're gonna... When you finally get around to doing your homework, you're gonna have a blast with Comrade Detective. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Holy shit. I got you, buddy. Don't worry. Let me write that down again. I don't think that made that over to the other document. I have jinkies. Oops. <laughs> but uh, strong recommend. It's it's been on YouTube for like a decade because it never got released on DVD outside of the UK, so no one bothers to copyright claim it. It's very good, and also all the commentaries are online, and all the commentaries are also done in character. It's a it's fantastic. You know what's not fantastic is Olaf reenacting all of my favorite Disney films. <laughs> the films chosen for these segments, Chris, yes. are Little Mermaid, uh, Moana, Lion King, Tangled, uh, and Aladdin. Do you know what all of those have in common? They all have iconic songs. 
and this motherfucker sings in every single segment. This whole thing, this whole thing you sent me was like nine minutes total. I didn't send this to you. It was it was sent by Disney Plus. I I'm so sorry. Yes, you like should. nine minutes total. Agony, because it's just, <laughs> it's just Josh Gad. Yes, it's only Josh Gad as the little snowman. Imagine how quickly you have to talk to cram these entire movies into like a two minute chunk. And then just marathon all those back to back with him playing every part and singing all of the songs. And oh my god. <laughs> my fucking god. I was in absolute agony. I don't know what I did to you that week. I don't know how you found it, first of all, because you don't have Disney Plus. I don't know who oh, put I, this in I front didn't, of you. I didn't find this. I, I, that coworker, that the Disney adult, he mentioned this to me. So uh, <laughs> what did he think about this? I, he probably loved. Love it. all my favorites. I'm sure. I'm sure he loved it. He's gonna Fuck go live man. in one of those Disney I... communities or something. <laughs> Jeff from work is uh, how we refer to him. He's hey, the uh, one who. Uh, while we're all... <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're okay. Talk he about he was the one who uh, who was like, oh yeah, Steve Buscemi. I know him. He was in all those Adam Sandler movies. So, uh, just so you guys know, whenever the price drops, a couple grand. The second you guys are ready to stay in the Star Wars hotel for a weekend, oh, absolutely! I, mean, <laughs> I want to go so bad, dude. I want to. I like. I hate how much I want to go. It's going to be the best weekend of my life, and I hate myself for it. But uh, yeah, boy, just the fact that all of them had songs, so every single time he had an excuse to sing them. Because like, the first time I was like, okay, like he's singing part of my world. That's funny. Always oh, singing yeah. it again. That's funny. Always oh, doing all the characters. Now he's Ursula. That's so great. And then we get to Moana. It's like, oh, you sang the songs, from... and then it just keeps going. And because this is just Timmy Turner, the Channel Chasers, he's just going through yes. every single movie. And the problem is, like, it's five little like mini episodes, but the sixth episode is just all of them together. So, like, there's no, you have no reprieve from this. It is oh. just an onslaught. Of a fucking one-man show of the most annoying character in movie history, yelling the plots of movies at you and singing the songs at you. I fucking hate Josh Gad so much, dude. I fucking hate him. I. I don't know why I put this off so long until I hit play, and then I knew exactly why I put this off so long. The shortest assignment I've ever had in the years of doing this. I would take so many other movies over ever doing this again I it just, dude, did you ever watch did you ever watch the fucking Irene <laughs> no that was next but it wrote it I just wanted to make yeah. sure saving that to you know to cheer him up afterwards yes I needed to bounce back cause yeah like I would say like 90% of people watch this and be like oh yeah it's annoying but like who cares but it just hits that like very specific frequency that just like makes my shoulders hunch up and make me so fucking mad. Dude, I told you about the time that Alex and I watched it before a fucking what was it? Not Frozen Two, before Coco. Oh, right? no, I remember fucking that thing. chewing my leg like it was caught in a bear trap. I can't believe that Olaf gave Parker Havana. Super it did, dude. <laughs> like in a normal world, like this is just a thing. Is like, oh, that was fucking stupid. But it was short, like. I watch more things that are worse than this literally every week of my life. But somehow, this is just like that fucking dog whistle frequency that makes me go ape shit. It, yeah. They hit one after another after another after another. 
like with the monies we don't. It have. ends. There's a black screen for like a second. It's like the Lion King, and then he just starts singing the fucking Circle of Life, and I just want to fucking die. It's I. I don't know how to describe it without sounding like a crazy person, because no one else will watch it and be like, "It's fine. What is? What's wrong with you? My kid likes it. It's just it's a little snowman being funny. What's your deal?" And I know I sound crazy. But God damn it, man! You know you don't sound really crazy. You sound like the me. most sane member of this podcast. Did a fucking number on me. <laughs> All right. Well, with that out of the way, let's talk that about why cars now. suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, yeah. Let's get into this shit. Uh, okay. So, Torque, two thousand four. Or as I like to call it, okay. So the movie starts off with a white zombie music video. I which is, yeah, still can't does. believe we didn't do this like three years ago. Yeah, I know. It really feels like we've done this three different times. I searched for it in my notes. Like I know I've talked about this, and it took me to the Cold Pursuit episode, and I had to take a walk outside. I'm like, man, time goes <laughs> real quick, huh? Right. Yeah, that was uh, double digits, buddy. Yes, sir. Okay, so we were uh, we we followed these uh, this one biker and he's driving along the road, and then some cars are in his way, so he does a wheelie in between them, and that makes the car guys really angry. And then, uh, thus, we have uh, car. the car guys versus the biker guys. I kind of thought this was going to be like West Side Story for like one of the car guys likes one of the uh, biker girls or something like that, and then they die. But it doesn't happen like that. Instead, the car guy just savagely beats the ever-loving shit out of these two car guys, sends them on their way, and then two more bicycle guys show up. I'm like, oh, does everyone hate this guy? They're like, we're going to kick the shit out of you. He's like, no, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. And they're like, oh, just kidding, we're friends. And they look at the camera and give me the middle finger. I thought that was a little, uh, uh, you know, a bit much. Uh, I, I don't understand the whole, like, pretending to kick your friend's ass as a joke sort of thing. Uh, I guess it's just... I don't know. Different era. Yeah. So anyway, the uh, opening credits start. And uh, <laughs> Parker, uh, who is the lead actor of this movie? I don't even know his name. Great I just don't like, oh, it's Yeah, the no guy one knows his name. <laughs> it's the guy from The Ring who gets murked. Yeah, exactly. The the guy, like, we had to look Literally it up. Literally every time today that I've read Martin Henderson, I think of that guy from Old Miss that pissed Loaf off. <laughs> 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 That's a good pull, man. Why is he Shit. celebrating so much? It's fine, dude. Just it's play the basketball. game. <laughs> Learn some class, man. It's, it's college Ugh. basketball, dude. Chill out. It's not a big deal. <laughs> All right, fucking pisses me. Okay, so <laughs> I mods. The the alarming thing about the opening credits isn't that it's the it's the you know the distribution company. It's Warner Brothers. I don't know why these guys were in the crowd during Space Jam: A New Legacy. Oh, could you imagine? Ice Cube wearing full biker gear cheering on LeBron. We gotta talk about Ice Cube in this movie, okay? So uh, they run afoul yeah, of, there's no way to say it, uh, the Black Biker Gang. Uh, I, I guess they're kind of like the Gramercy Riffs from the Warriors. <laughs> Just everyone in this gang is black and they all ride motorcycles. You'll have some thoughts after Biker Boys. Maybe. Oh, baby. Uh, anyway, this movie's technically Black History Month, so fulfill. We made it. Um, yeah, yeah and as long as I get it. I have <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I have six more days to upload this before I'm canceled. <laughs> oh, uh, 
Ice Cube is, I didn't notice it until like 30 more minutes into the movie, but he's wearing a bicycle chain as a necklace. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a, they run afoul of a character named Junior. He is the brother of Ice Cube, and not in like brothers in like the black guy kind of way, but like literally <laughs> brother. Uh, over, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to talk about how much Ice Cube fucking despises his own brother. <laughs> <laughs> you think he gave him the spicy keychain? <laughs> Maybe. That's, that's like the B plot of the movie is how much he hates his loser brother who sucks. Yeah, boy, cannot stand Junior. He's like, God damn. Hey, yo, Martin Harris, I wish you had fucking killed my brother. <laughs> Let down by his pussy ass shit. I'm like, oh, jeez. So, uh, anyway, he's like, yo, I heard you were hiding out in, I think he says Indochina. And uh, eating sushi and shit. And Junior says, oh, I thought they had sushi in Different the time, Shut man. the fuck up, Junior. I know where sushi Get comes from. Get the fuck out of here, Junior. Get the fuck out of here. It's a real red flag. I'm like, oh, man, main character, you're back. You've been in Thailand for six months. It's like, uh, hold up. There's only one reason you're hanging out in Thailand for that long. Well, he, he, he help those kids in the cave, right? Absolutely. It's an all-you-can-fuck buffet. Yeah. So, I... <laughs> Put those fucking pancakes down, Junior. Yeah. So, they leave that fight scene before it, you know, really devolves because the 5-0 shows up. Then they go to a motorcycle show. You've heard them before. You've seen them on the streets. Now we're going to see them in all of the... Oh, my God, they're playing Kid Rock. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. That needle yeah, drop. Ones... Dude, a lot... Yeah, it's one of the ones where Kid Rock references himself, in case you didn't know who was singing. <laughs> How long did it take you to realize, like, huh, I bet this is a music video director? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could very easily tell. There was so much fucking cleavage on display. Not that I was complaining. Uh, also, a lot of... This is the weird part. It's like, you, you know, oh, beautiful women. You're going to see, like, long hair. You're going to see a lot of cleavage. You're going to see a lot of butts. But I didn't know that you'd see so many, like, glossy lips towards the screen. I'm like... Alright, I don't know, it's not really quite an erogenous zone, but alright. Uh, then, uh, I don't know, the, the main guy, Martin, sorry, can we call him by his real name, was it Coley Ford, I think? Something, something. Uh, they just call him Ford throughout the entire Carrie movie. Carrie Ford? Ford. Eh, whatever. Ford is what they call him. Griffin. Anyway, he, he walks into... <laughs> He walks. <laughs> Do you think that's how Jamie Presley's character got her name? Yeah. <laughs> I love Jamie Presley's character, which is, ah, oh, I'm sweet, but a sick, twisted, fucking badass on the other side. She's yeah. the, the fucking photoshopped, dark, edgy version of the other white girl in the movie. Yeah, so okay, he's person so yeah, you'll ever meet. Twisted fucking psychopath. Yeah. Fucking psychopath. <laughs> that's the, that's the, my husband is a forklift operator who was born on a Thursday. <laughs> Don't ever cross me. <laughs> so yeah, she works at a motorcycle parts place. Sure. Yeah, and uh, he comes back, and there's a lot of expository dialogue that I really didn't care about. Uh, I'm. I just don't care. And then the bad guy of the movie shows up, and I want to talk about his Brian Bosworth ass hair. <laughs> Holy shit! And the and opening scene of the movie dunking on Fast and Furious, like, oh, who can we get? Uh, Vince, he's available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, 
Then he he also has his girlfriend with him, who's just Blood Rain, I guess. Uh, she's in here, and the guy says, "You've got till sundown to hand over my bikes," because he has a fucking pistol to his head. My response would have been, "I will just shoot you." <laughs> I'm going to leave now and never come back to this rundown yeah. shithole city. You will never get your shit again. They say shit in this movie like he's never going to get shit again. It reminds me of the way that Brad Pitt was saying it in, uh, what was that fucking Coen Brothers movie? Was it a Coen Brothers movie? Alex, you know the one. People need to protect their sensitive shit. Oh, fucking Burn After Reading. Burn After Reading, thank you, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's out of there. Anyway, uh, yeah. Cut to Ice Cube, who's just chewing out his brother just like my god junior i wish you were born still fucking trouble I now fucking hate you <laughs> i wish you're t- and even the driver is just like yo i'm gonna whip his ass and i just like, shut the fuck up my dog has more brains than my idiot brother <laughs> i fucking hate him <laughs> like this movie so we has have a close insane scene. rocket power energy Oh, it really does, yeah. Yeah, so Twister... That's my little is, brother, Maurice. Yeah. My name's Junior. <laughs> I think I'd rather go by Junior than Maurice, too. <laughs> Say, ow. Okay, so he's in the uh, he's in the club scene, and he gets into a fight with uh, Martin Henderson. Monster Magnet is playing. Oh, is it? Really? Oh, fuck. Yeah. They're doing that. the worst fake playing I've ever seen in my life. There's four of them just standing there at the front of the stage while the singer just lip syncs. Yeah, it no doesn't look good. It's also very difficult to tell exactly what's going on. Anyway, uh, the bad guy, whose name I don't recall and I don't really care about, is looking at him like, I think Junior may have just solved our problem. He's talking like the fucking guy from Wishmaster. <laughs> and he's like, I think Junior may have solved our problem. And uh, Junior's just like, damn. I wish I didn't have to put up with Ice Cube as my brother anymore. And the guy comes to the bathroom like, what? <laughs> and uh, he kills Junior, Ice Cube's brother, biological brother, not like city. You don't have to say and, it every time. Yeah. Just want to make sure he does. people know I'm Actually, dying to cause. It's very And he uh, strangles him with uh, a bicycle chain, which I guess he was using as a necklace. And this kicks off a whole turn of events because he pins the blame on Martin Henderson. Who was also showboating when he should have been playing defense. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> They're inbounding. Get back. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and then we get the guy from Parks and Rec, I think. Dude, his entrance. <laughs> That's the entrance of a man who knows exactly what movie he's in. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> the man he's looked around, seeing a- everyone just like doing push ups before I retake me, like. Yeah, no, I know what energy to give to this here. He's looking down at his shirt like, that's not going to cut it. (laughs) Oh, I'm like, the cool FBI agent. Awesome. Yeah. I've got wild hair. Feds can't keep me down. just praying for Amy Poehler to give him a phone call, because the prospects aren't looking so hot right now. Yeah. Have you noticed my beautiful assistant? Don't underestimate her. She's a crack investigator. And she's just like, huh. You say this is a routine homicide? Well, she pulls down her glasses, gives a Kubrick stare. She's like, what is a routine homicide? Guy's like, oh, there's an eyewitness. And she's like, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, and I'm like, is, what is she, the new main character? I don't know who we're supposed to follow now. 
And uh, it cuts to uh, it cuts back to um, what is her name? Martin Henderson again. Should have been like you know. Guard he there. looks like Billy Ray Cyrus. Like let's fucking. <laughs> there we go. And he's talking to is that Jamie Presley, the blonde one? Yeah, he's talking to her. He's like, oh, I'm sorry I left you behind to go to Thailand and fuck Lady Boys. I really missed you the whole time there because you maybe got just saving the kids from the cave. Yeah, and he's just. <laughs> And he's like spinning her on a fucking carousel. Like it kind of looks like like the bombed out like trailer park that they had in Con Air, where uh, <laughs> he's got the whole world in his hands going on in the background. There, I was thinking the beginning of Face Off with this little kid getting sniped. Also, that one, yeah, it really does look like that. So, like the whole thing, I'm just thinking about like, man, where are they fucking going with this? So I really tried hard to pay attention to the plot. Okay, so I think he had to do a job. For the guy with the Bosworth mullet. And he was like... I'm going to just call him the Boz. He had to do a job for the Boz. And he was like, yeah, deliver these bikes over here. I'm like, oh, that's Fast and the Furious. It's like, oh, no. I looked inside and the bikes all had crystal meth inside. So I ran away so you wouldn't get in trouble. In there. And also to fuck ladyboys. <laughs> okay, and she's just like... Go. Yeah. And she's just like, oh. You expect me to believe all that? And he's just like... Yeah. She's like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> the so middle the of like ends. 45 minutes really takes its yeah. time giving you a lot of plot. Like, no, but then he works for him and I had to do this. And you're like, get to the bike. I don't care. Yes. So they get on the bikes. Thank goodness. Also, they're being chased by uh, the guy from Parks and Rec in a Hummer. Oh, my God. Standard issue for the FBI. This and, chase. Uh, the dumbest train chase. It's, so it's before ever. before the train chase. They're zipping through a bunch of palm trees. I don't know where those came from. We uh, saved all the CGI for the end. And, oh boy, we'll get to that. But this train chase is first of all they start running away from the train on the tracks. Now there's a bunch of things here. One outrunning a train, which uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the other so. thing is like of, of all the things to do like you want to stay on the tracks because like the train only goes on the tracks if you just go like off to the right the train's not going to like chase you or anything furthermore it's a bike so they they realize pretty quickly that on the tracks they go like that they're just like whoa wait this is I didn't predict this then he falls and then fucking was it Ice Cube saves him or he saves Ice Cube I don't remember which is which and the guy First of all, he's way too far away. He should look at it and be like, oh, that guy's just going to be painting the tracks with his blood. And he's just going to be lubing up the metal with his intestines. And he's like, no, I'll save him from fucking 50 yards away. Starts his bike, rides up to him, stops, gets off his bike to pick up his enemy and drag him on the other, to push him to the other side of the train. And then they have like the dramatic stare down between the train cars and then one of them disappears like on the back of it. Uh, I think I also missed the part where he rode his bike on top of the train, which was uh, quite fun. Important. Yes. Very important in the movie. Thank yes. you. Thank you for saying yeah. that. It's just like, why not do the whole, why not go full music video and like ride up to the tracks and like reach out your hand and grab him by the collar? Like, you know, That's baby not really Right, I needed this movie to be stupider. Yes. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Then, uh, anyway, <laughs> skip a little bit, skip a little bit. Dane Cook shows up. Yeah, Parker. he does. <laughs> he sure does. 2003 Dane Cook appears. Yeah. And just, he boy, you know apparates. what? Just, just go with it, buddy. Just, you know, 
hey, camera's rolling. Just do your thing out there. Speaking of cameras, he plays a fun tourist, and he meets the boss and Blood Rain. And he's like, hey, can we, like, take your picture? All right, and you have to walk towards him. Hey, don't just walk. You have to say something while you walk. Just keep filling yeah. up the dead air. Keep going. Yeah. We'll leave it all in. Hey, it's all use gold. something from your stand-up set. It's cool. People like it. I'll buy a DVD. Come on, just do it. And then he gets punched in the face. I was like, oh, thank goodness. And then they take a picture of him because there wasn't enough Dane Cook in this movie. We need more Dane <laughs> Cook. <laughs> just not enough. I've always said that. This movie you want a movie Dane with Cook enough Dane Kid Cook? Rock. Just watch Planes. <laughs> Dusty crop hopper. <laughs> I think that movie might be better than Cars, actually. Anyway, uh, oh, my next note here just says uh, stock car burst through boxes of Bud Light. Yeah, dude. Because <laughs> you know, again, I thought I this was a back. fuck Cars movie because this movie has been the movie's entire attitude has been very, very strongly fuck Cars. We cannot stand yeah. cars. We do not need cars. We do not want cars. All right. Fast and the Furious. Uh, tell that to all those little gay wads that are rollerblading. This is for cool guys <laughs> on bikes. Okay. This is the next generation of extreme vehicular combat. Yes. This is the most post Too Fast Too Furious movie that has ever existed in film history. You know, it's kind of weird because I think about it in like. Are there really that many motorcycle movies? It feels like there really aren't that many. Not enough. Yeah, like, Torque is, like, the first, like, real motorcycle movie I can remember. I mean, I guess Easy Rider is, uh... (laughs) What a lineage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, they didn't make a lot more after this. I can't imagine why. Like, fucking, it was uh, 35 years it took them. I guess 45 years. I don't know. I'm not doing the math in my head right now. Uh, it's it is kind of fortuitous that you that I picked this because uh, I just started playing Full Throttle. It's a motorcycle adventure game by uh, Tim Schafer. It's actually uh, pretty interesting so far, and uh, well, the cool thing about it is it takes place in the future. Uh, anyway, the next part is where that female FBI agent gets shot and goes flying. <laughs> what am I? Favorite? I want to talk about this gun. There's a scene it's right so before hard. this. Uh... Where Adam Scott, his car flips over like 20 times. And it cuts to them like inside the wreckage. He goes, wow, thank God for airbags. And there's like a second pause and he just yells, shut up! And then it cuts to the next scene. And I don't understand what the joke is. But it made me laugh harder than anything He's, else. He, said, he says shut up like multiple times during the movie. I think it's his catchphrase. Like he I tells think it's a joke. It's joke. He goes to respond and he goes, shut up! And then it just cuts to the drug deal. <laughs> We're gonna start doing another show. We so should. Say someone so shut someone up. needs to tell me, please. My own worst enemy. So, uh, there, there, uh, there's you know one of those Mexican standoff sort of things, uh, but not racist. And he's got the drop on them. When I say he, the guy from Parks and Rec, and he then he turns a gun and shoots his own agent with the FBI. And she goes flying like one of those Conan O'Brien dummies. <laughs> he shoots her with a blunderbuss and she goes flying. <laughs> she seriously, like, she, it really looks like she was just shot by a cannon. <laughs> it looks like in the <laughs> Prince sketch where Charlie Murphy kicks Prince and he goes flying into the corner. <laughs> the sound effect she makes, it sounds like the one of that mummy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> you need to put that on the soundboard. <laughs> That's going on the soundboard for sure. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, good. You're all here. Bash! <laughs> now, the real fun of this scene is that she wasn't actually dead. She had a fucking bulletproof vest on. So she goes full Taliban. Is it made out of fucking off. adamantium? Jesus Christ. That's the thing about bulletproof vests. It's like, I remember from when Knoxville tested one out. Yeah, guess what? They still fucking hurt. <laughs> she still got rocketed backwards. It still should have knocked the fucking wind out of her. <laughs> she should have been fucking <laughs> <made a> business <laughs> call a yeeting. Yeah. Uh, bulletproof vest. <laughs> This is where the movie gets gay. so up in its own ass. Like, all right, here's 13 twist reveals of who's working for who. Yeah, I As didn't... if you've been following along or could care less. I couldn't pause. I didn't really... Someone's got crystal meth and some bikes. He needs to get them their sensitive shit. And... <laughs> when we had movies where people, like, bought and sold crystal meth for, like, a six-year window? Right, yeah. I feel like we've done all those movies, too, you know? That's the reason. It's not even the motorcycles that made you think that we did it. It's the crystal meth subplot, you know? Uh, it's Adam McKay is, uh, sorry, the guy from Parks and Rec, is, uh, like, still, I don't know, he's triple-crossing them or something? I have no idea. He's not a uh, double agent, Chris. <laughs> He's a pussy. So say the thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's triple. Uh, what is the next? Has one? Chris seen that yet? Yeah, Chris, has he seen that yet? Good question. So uh, the next scene was it's the girl fight. It's the one with Blood Rain versus Jamie Preston, dude. Uh, which by the way starts <laughs> off with a, a big backdrop of Mountain Dew logo. Hell yeah, like, dude! You think Look, you can take me? Up. She's like, well, the, go head on. It's your move. <laughs> the one, the one scene that uh, Torque uh, influenced the Fast and the Furious on, other than vice versa, this is the girl fight in the fucking. In I, the I just, I just want to say that this is the the scene that I really remember specifically because it has one of the songs that was on the Idle Hands soundtrack. <laughs> I don't remember how it goes because I don't really understand the lyrics because it goes like. <laughs> Parker, how's it go? That's the one that goes like. Oh yeah, that one. I love that one. Yeah. All right, ladies, you, you guys <laughs> see Mission Impossible <laughs> Two? All right, get yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah, she tries to decapitate her with one of the wheels of her bike. It's fucking great. Uh, anyway, yeah, it was one of the good. The ones. Mountain Dew sign is prominent yeah. in every single shot. Yeah, it is, they are trying to communicate something here. It's working. Uh, I just want to talk about the way that the movie looks, especially this, like, scene where they're zipping through the city and stuff. You're like, why is there so much green screen? Why, why are we doing this with all the effects? There's CGI in here. There's a whole lot of effects where they go inside the bike's mechanics to see, like, the fire and everything. <laughs> it is. Yeah, they do. They really backloaded all their CGI budget and, uh... Hey, guys, we weren't there yet. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, as it turns out... <laughs> <laughs> a high speed chase through a cartoon city it looks yeah. like fucking Roger Rabbit it's a nightmare well it's actually pretty good but we know Jessica Rabbit you hate to see that where's, uh, where's Dane Cook in all this oh yeah Dane Cook oh we cut back to him making a hilarious phone call he wants to return his bike you can't return a bike Dane oh that's funny yeah Dane Cook ladies and gentlemen 
Do the bit about the chicken sandwich again, Dane. It's good stuff. Let's light it up. So the movie. (laughs) Yeah, the movie ends (laughs) with uh, no promise of torque two, but but tell me how it ends, Chris. Tell me, you know, the last thing you hear before the movie goes to black. You know, Alex, please tell me about this song. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just that it's Nick back. It's that it's like the sixth most relevant Nickelback single. <laughs> Playing over them riding off into the sunset in a flying V. You just hear, Someday, somehow. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> rules. Dude. Then it cuts to black and then it plays one of the Trevor Raven soundtracks. The fucking Nickelback needle drop to take us out of the movie could not be a more perfect bow. How well we do you think this fucking it. sold on DVD? I want to buy the soundtrack now. Like, I need this movie. It's so good. It's got all your favorite hits from the era. Like, Monster Magnet. <laughs> <laughs> fucking MXPX. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, when I think extreme motorcycling and selling meth, I think Jane's Addiction. In I also think Hoobastank <laughs> in ERD in Pennywise. I wouldn't be surprised and, if the entire soundtrack was just Static X, if we're being honest. And also Rock, comma, Kid. <laughs> That's his Christian they name. They call me Kid. <laughs> so let's move on to the Game of Games. Final one. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Three thirty, motherfucker. Uh, so there's, there's nothing to talk about at this point except for Dragon Balls, oh, which uh, now I had a spreadsheet with all of the Dragon Ball amounts on them, and I knew roughly what they were, but uh. I'm just gonna go ahead and use inflation as an excuse to round off and say Parker has three sets. I have two sets and you have one set. Thank you. So, uh, if anybody would like to use their Dragon Balls for a big assignment, <laughs> you can do it right now. I, I do have uh, one. You I've, can wait. But... I, I've been thinking yeah, of go one. Ahead. Um, uh, well, Parker will be getting to Samurai Jack sometime next election cycle. Yes, sir. I have. Uh, I do have one for him that he might watch. In the meantime, I don't know if you've watched it yet. But we did talk about it briefly. Um, or should I change this to something good? Oh, no. Do this. No. Oh, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, never mind. No. I All leaned right. forward so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I, I, I think it'll just be funnier this way. I, I want to assign you Chernobyl. I want to assign you both Chernobyl because I really fucking love Chernobyl. But uh, We should split it between us. No. <laughs> you just watch half the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, nothing really happened. You just, you just hit pause in the middle of episode four. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, wow. I really wish there was some context yeah. for all this. I feel like if you watch like... Even one episode, you're going to be like, oh, I'm just going to marathon this fucking thing. All right, so Parker, I want you to watch the HBO animated Spawn, but I'm going to mandate that it's the one with the Todd McFarlane live action things beforehand. How many episodes of that are there? I don't know. I, mean, I don't think there's very many. I don't think it was very long. Right? Let me tell you what. I'll look it up right now. Yeah. Hi, I'm, I'm Todd McFarlane. All right, I'm Todd McFarlane. 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing that the entire time. <laughs> Three seasons, holy guacamole! Oh, it's only wait, okay, episodes. wait, never, never mind. mind. Okay. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> It said the season's three, and my fucking heart stopped with 18 episodes. It's fine. 18 episodes I, uh, per season, or? Total. I think they're all like 45. Oh, total. Yeah, that's, uh, that's about what I thought. Ah, it's probably closer to 45. And also, I, again, the ones with Todd McFarlane. Hey, I'm Todd McFarlane. You know, I didn't exactly think that this was going to be for three seasons either. This is a story about revenge. What would you do of- if you had another chance? You know, some people think I'm gay for cock, but really, I'm gay for vagina because I'm a pussy. Hi, I'm Why don't you just set like the Bears guys in SNL? <laughs> <laughs> Is Todd McFarlane from Chicago? He might be. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm also going to use a uh, set of Dragon Balls here. Uh-oh. And I'm going to be nice. i be very nice. Chris, season one of Evil Love Am. You know, I was considering that. I have, I still need to get to the. Fucking... I, I know you were gonna get there in time, yeah. but uh, I, I want to watch it again, <laughs> and we can bully Parker into watching it with us. Oh, so. no bullying required, friends. You just say the exactly. word. <laughs> you know, I still gotta get to Jackass two point five or three point five. So, my last remaining memory of Viva La Bam is years and years ago. It was still on Netflix, and me and RJ watched it. And just every time Ryan Dunn appeared, we were like, "Bro, you guys hear something?" It was like 4.30 in the morning, long after he had died. And uh, that bit was funny for two episodes, and then we never watched it ever again. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it'd be like that. Is this shit on something, uh, streaming-wise? Nope. It should be, right? Uh, actually, I think it might be on Paramount+. Plus. Okay. They should have it, but yeah. they might not be that smart. I think they have the they don't know what they're missing. Bam. Survey says, I can buy three seasons on Amazon. That's not good enough. All right. Torrent sites it is. Absolutely. Thank you, IP Torrents. <laughs> I, ended up buy- I ended up buying that song. I did not know that his brother was a drummer for it. That checks out. Oh, man. I have, I have Viva La Bam seasons one through five, or Viva La Bam seasons one through five, complete and organized. You know what I'm clicking on. Yeah. So, uh, what's your lovely wife going to say when we go, oh yeah, for your wedding we got matching hardogram tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> Be a good bit. Dude, I'm, I'm actually... I'm unironically really excited because I'm going to a wedding uh, in the summer and uh, me and a couple other people decided to buy the groom a TJ Lavin cameo. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love that for you. Money well spent. <laughs> cameo is a real untapped resource. It really is, but only because like the absolute dog shit people haven't been driven down low enough in price yet. So I can't just fucking pay fifteen dollars to just yell at somebody I hate. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> I heavily considered uh for Gears' birthday having the voice of Master Chief read the Eric in the Middle copy pasta. <laughs> and then I forgot. <laughs> It, it's it, it's funny because he would know the voice of Master Chief and me exactly unlike everyone else the planet. <laughs> you guys are going to Paco's wedding. Video. 
I got a I got popular erotic reading of Uber Eats delivery. (laughs) Parker, how do you feel about the fact that they're going to be revealing uh, Master Chief's face during the Halo series? I'm not going to fucking watch it. Who cares? Yes, you will. (laughs) We got uh, seven Dragon Balls between the two of us, buddy. (laughs) Hang on a second. That's not how that works. I guess we have 14 between the two of us. Oh, hang on a second. It's even worse. (laughs) (laughs) Mods. 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 All right, so uh, no more uses of Dragon Balls. Okay, happy season. I think I just assigned you yeah. G Gundam not long ago. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. All right, uh, still got twenty movies, so thank you for no more signups. Also, yeah. All right, stay tuned uh, for next week's episode, which is Spree. Oh, sick. And that's the tea, sis.